This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week well. Hope you are focusing on uh, tons of self-care, joy, pleasure, rest. Strange time, holidays are coming, so for some of us that's very soothing because we're thinking, yes, rest, time off, time with people and places and things we care about for others, the anxiety spikes. Uh, got a great show planned for you though. We got a lot to talk about. DMs always open. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. I want to start off the show talking about a topic that's important, a little heavy. It's going to be talking about, uh, I guess, essentially it's emotional abuse, uh, toxic forms of relationality. One of the big buzzwords is toxic monogamy. We've talked about that before, but this is definitely something that we need to circle back to. Uh, I was looking at an article and it was just talking about some of the things that have been normalized. And I thought, let's hit that on the show because I'm hearing a lot of that coming into my office with clients that are stepping into new relationships. And I'm hearing a lot of really bad relational behavior become normalized. Um, we hear that and see that out in culture around our friends, but there are some things that are just not okay. Um, and there are some things that are red flags versus deal breakers. Let's, let's actually just start off the show by talking about that distinction. More and more, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that as a really important barometer, but more importantly, we have to understand how to use it. I, I see a lot of these pop cultural, pop psychological terms like deal breakers, red flags, great concepts when used correctly and when very well understood because I think that they can help us assess the quality of a relationship or a partner and the behaviors, but they can also be weaponized and used problematically against ourselves and others and are often very misunderstood. So for those that have uh, sat through this uh, you know, discussion before, stick around, there's a lot to learn. And I think it's also something that maybe you wanna be thoughtful about taking to your friends and family members and helping correct them a little bit because we don't wanna keep ourselves in the wrong relationships and we don't wanna keep ourselves out of potentially awesome relationships for the wrong reasons. And I tell you over and over and over, and I hear myself saying this to my friends and my single family members and patients in my practice, um, look, <laughs> the dating world is difficult, but we can't be so sensitive and keep ourselves stuck by not understanding what it is that we're doing that we're, that's getting us in our own way or that is preventing us from finding love and relationality. Because a lot of the, I'm telling you, I work with these clients or a friend and they present so well in the world and on paper and they're the kind of people and maybe you're this person as well where individuals are like, how is it that you're single or how is it that you're not in the healthiest, best relationships? And maybe you're saying or they're saying, I don't know, I think I'm 
I'm pretty great. And a lot of you are, and you know, a lot of us are, but often it's because of our perspective. That's really what it is. It's not necessarily them. It's not even necessarily us. It's that we don't understand what we should be thinking about or how to step into dating apps in the dating world. It's, it's you have the wrong metric, the wrong barometer, the wrong lens, the wrong assessment tool. And I've said a few of these pieces before, so we're gonna circle kind of through all of it a little bit. We are still getting hung up on the wrong stuff. Now, when we're looking for, I don't know, landscaping or a landscaper, or we're looking for a new car or a pair of sneakers or a new haircut or a new nail polish or whatever it is, yes, find something that is cool, that is on trend, find something that's going to bring joy to your life, something that's gonna enhance your self-esteem. The way we go about looking for those things is a very different process from the way we should go about looking for a relational romantic partner. But yet, if I pulled out the word car or, or vacation spot or whatever it is, and, and you wouldn't, people wouldn't know. People might think the way some of us talk about partnership and looking for a partner, it might sound like the, that you're talking about a car or some what we call searchable good where all we need to know are the dimensions, right? I recently had to order a new desk. I could figure out by looking at the picture if that was the one I wanted. I just had to understand the height, the width, and the depth, right? It's so simple. Those things are that black and white. Of course, I want to get it home and feel it and sit with it and all of that. That does matter. But it is very, very, very easy to just look at these specific qualities and reduce the worth of these products down to that. Landscaping, just stand back and look at it. Things like that, right? But when we're talking about people, it is far more complex and dynamic than that. And I don't think we are thinking the right way. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going, to, we're going to get into all that. We're going to be talking about the perspective. We're also going to be talking about some of the things we should not be allowing. We're going to talk about the difference between deal breakers and red flags. And like I said, these are things that we need to be talking about a lot more frequently because they're not, they're not landing, they're not sticking, they're not clearly understood, or we need to really be helping those around us out by clarifying, correcting, giving them these new assessment things. Because I'm telling you, um, I'm not on social media much anymore purposefully, but when I do and I go on, I see some of the things that y'all are saying and doing and what influencers are saying and doing. I'm just like, that is, that is, that is the problem right there. <laughs> that is, that is not only not the solution, that is exactly the problem. So stick around. We're going to talk about that. Also DMs, as I said, are wide open. Any questions you got, drop them in there on our love line IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to and past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com. So stick around y'all. We got more to come. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about why are we getting in our own way? And we are, we are, we are. I, I do believe that the bulk of us are good people. And sometimes the reason why we are not where we want to be relationally because this is a little bit of a segment on that, but there's something for us to all learn in this, so stick around, uh, is, is because of our perspective. It's not necessarily who we are or what we're doing. Now, having said that, I, I do wish that there was more discussion around dating readiness, truly. I think that we just assume if you're single, that means that there's space and room for a relationship. But that is, that is very, very much far from the truth. Uh, I, I say this in my practice with people that are wanting to get into the dating world. I say, well, have you done the steps? Are you, are you ready for dating? And they'll say, well, what does that mean? And I'll kind of run them through a little bit of a quick rubric. Uh, the first piece is, are you happy? Now, that's a very loaded concept and a very loaded question to ask. And I want to really look at the nuance and what I'm trying to get across because some listeners and some people that follow my work are a little too literal and they, and they don't always apply critical thinking and say, well, of course, there's outliers. You have to apply this. This isn't black and white. This doesn't apply to everyone in every situation. So I want you to understand, as, as we used to say in high school, about the dress code because Dr. Chris went to an obnoxious uh, private Catholic school and and I wasn't, well, yes, I was very obnoxious actually, but so was the way the school was structured. And we had the dress code because my God, we were so afraid of individualism and creative expression. Everyone needed to conform and assimilate and look the same. And it was very hard for someone like me because I was one of those people where at like 16 and 17, I was, I was out there running, running wild on the streets. Uh, anyway, point being is we had a dress code. But there's this amazing gray area loophole where they were like, well, sometimes you might be wearing something that uh, does meet the standards and requirements of the dress code. However, it is not within the spirit of the code. And that was a little gray area to grab all the things that really, really met the standards as set down in the handbook. But they wanted to have a little more wiggle room to say still not okay, even though we didn't outright and explicitly say you can't do that. Because you know how teenagers are always looking for those gray areas and those loopholes to be like, well, it didn't say I can't blah, blah, blah. But they would then say, well, it's not in the spirit of it, which is a completely subjective thing. And that's a very wide net. So it's like a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose for us. Now, my whole point being is, well, I want you to get the spirit of my message. This isn't always literal. So when I say, are you happy? Yes, none of us are always happy. And in fact, if you kind of are always happy, I'm a little worried. I think if you're always happy and smiling, you're not really necessarily feeling all your feelings. We've talked about that. Mental health is feeling all of your feelings and feeling them deeply and fully. And sometimes that means the good ones and sometimes that means the bad ones because there really aren't any bad ones. We have to feel all of them. So life throws them all at us. So if someone's always happy and smiling, I think you're not really having the mental health there or you're doing what we call spiritual or emotional bypassing. You're not willing to feel your feelings and go into them. You're always finding a way up and out. You're always distracting. You're always minimizing. You're denying. You're shaming them. You're always toxically positive. 
that's not what we're talking about. So we're not saying we want to be robots and you're looking for someone who's a smiley robot. What we're saying is someone generally is, is most of the time happy. And if you're not, it's not to say there's something wrong with you, but you want to do a little bit of work on yourself because if you're someone who's not doing that great in their life, you're not really happy and content with who you are and where you are, that is going to impact the other person. Why? Because when we are brought into someone's life, we have an impact on their functioning and we need to take that seriously. So it's a refrain. If you're saying I'm not doing well, I'm kind of miserable, you do. You are not set up to be brought into someone's life and make them happy. What you're going to probably do is the opposite. You're going to be counting on them to make you happy. And you're going to maybe be adding one more thing to your list around which to be unhappy because relationships are about complexity and conflict. So I want us to say, if I'm not generally that happy, I need to work on that first. Stepping into a job or a career that gives me purpose and meaning. Working on building a, a social life and hobbies that are meaningful and give me joy and make me happy. Working on some self-care. Working on my drug and alcohol or mental health issues. So yes, you are not ready to be brought into someone's life uh, unless you are basically doing, doing pretty well at a higher level of functioning. I don't make the rules. The whole point is just that you impact each other. Be very thoughtful about the impact you're going to have. So that's the first one. Are you happy? The second one is kind of a little more focused. Do you have friends? Now that's another loaded one. And I understand that there's outliers. I understand that there's contextual reasons why I don't want someone to write into the show saying, well, Dr. Chris said that point number two, if I don't have friends, I'm not able or ready to be dated or to date. Uh, you know, I just moved to a new city. So of course I don't have friends. Okay. Well, you know what? You have to translate and apply these things. Again, I'm talking about the spirit of it all. There's reasons why sometimes we might not have a lot of friendships. I get it. My general point is you need to have a life. That's kind of point one as well. Our, we can't enter dating, wanting that person to give us friends, to give us a life, to be our life, to be our only friend. That's exhausting and overwhelming. And a lot of this work came out of groups I used to run at a drug and alcohol treatment center. And I would say to them, how do you know when you're ready to date when you're sober? Because the 12-step program says things like, you're ready to date when you have a year sober. No, you're not. Some people need five years to, to, before they're ready to date. I don't, that one year is not a good enough number. Some people are ready to date within a week of sobriety because it's really about these attributes. Are they happy? Meaning they're functioning well. Do they have friends? You know what the reason why I bring that up is because that tells me you have good relational skills. If you don't have friends, you're not able to get them or keep them. I don't trust that you necessarily have what it requires to be a romantic partner. And as I said earlier, there are outliers, there are exceptions, there are good reasons. I'm talking about the spirit of that point. Ask yourself, why is that? And that's what I said to the sober kids in my groups. You guys have to be at a high enough level where you're doing pretty well. You also have to be able to hold and maintain friendships. If not, you're not ready to be in a partnership beyond that because romantic partnerships are even more difficult, complex, and dysregulating than social platonic relationships. So if you're not pulling those off, I don't know if you're ready to step into the murkier, darker areas where more of our stuff is brought up. Romantic relationships are far more triggering. They, show, they bring out more of our wounds by far. They are harder on our mental health and friendships. So start with building good friendships first. And then the third one is you're doing something meaningful out in the world. You're engaged in school, career, hobby. And what that means is you have identity. You have structure. You have an anchor. You have something to reflect back self-worth because yes, we are allowed to get our self-worth and our self-esteem from people, places, and things. That is where most of us get them. We've got to take a little break. We're going to come back and keep talking about dating readiness. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, 
talk about dating right now. We're kind of talking a little about dating readiness. I, I wish it was more of a thing that we talked about, um, in our, in our culture, because I think that some of us assume that singledom is all that's required or, you know, being in a, you know, open relationship or poly or something that if I'm single or if there's room in my life or if I have the energy for a relationality or another partner, green light. No, <laughs> far from the truth. Because I would say to someone who might be uh, wanting to open their relationship or in a polyamorous relationship, how are, how are those going? How's your primary relationship doing? Because if you're not managing that well, I don't know if you have the skills or you're ready to take on more relationships and more complexity and more responsibility and more structure. Some people have battled that part with me and I understand that there is something about case by case, just because things aren't going well with one partner doesn't mean they can't or won't with another, but there is something universal in, do you have the skills? Is it more about you know not being ready or is it contextual and specific to that one person? Point being, there are some things we wanna think about. And they are, again, are you happy? Meaning what's going on in your life? What impact will you have being brought into someone else's life? We're being very self-focused first. Two, do you have friends? Are you able to pull off friend and, and platonic relationships? Because those are less triggering, less complex, and have less of an impact on our mental health. They're important, but if we can't manage those, you're not ready for the higher level, which is the romantic ones, having or being someone's primary attachment figure. So work on the friendships first. And then finally, are you out there doing something structured and meaningful, career, education, a job, only because you need to be anchored to something. You need to have your identity tied to something. You need to be immersed in something. You need to have structure. Those things are really important. And again, this work, as I said earlier, was born out of work I did with people that are in recovery in a drug and alcohol rehab. And they're saying, what do I need to think about so as to know whether or not I'm ready to take on or be brought into someone else's life? Because we need to take it a little more seriously. People rush into it. And... I've said this on the show before, but I'll share it again because I'm kind of giving you guys tonight a lot of um, frameworks. Um, we want to make sure that we've gotten what I think is a personal level of closure within a prior relationship. Closure doesn't exist between you and the former partner because most of the time we're not going to get to, uh, sadly, sit down and talk through and learn about ourselves. A lot of people think closure is about... I don't know, battling out whose version of what happened is going to be correct or who's going to win or whatever it is. Uh, but closure really should be about us sitting down with ourselves, reflecting on the relationship we just had and saying, what can I learn from it? That's closure, individual. Uh, who was it that I want to be again and who was it that I don't want to be again? Because that relationship showed me what's possible with myself. So I want to learn about that. What do I want to do again and take forward? And what do I want to leave behind and make sure I don't ever do again? That's how you have the closure. And that's also part of dating readiness. Have I done that? Fearless moral inventory, as they say. Really being honest. Really looking back and assessing what happened. Owning your part. If you can't own your part or you don't think you had a part, you are not ready to date because you did. No one's 100% victimized. Yes, victims exist. But when we're talking about things that aren't abuse, you're part of that system. You helped contribute to the temperature and the health of that system. Maybe it was just that you stayed. Maybe that's your part. I shouldn't have stayed as long. Maybe your part is I didn't bring my best self. Track that. That's important to know. Why didn't you? Can you, can you, can you do that next time? So we have to get that closure part. So it's about going through those early steps, going through that closure part, because again, we have to take that more seriously. When we're in a relationship, they're in our care and we're in their care. And so it's just not enough to be single. Then after we've kind of covered that, that allows us to slide down into the topic of the difference between 
red flags and deal breakers. And I think that this is the most, most important thing to kind of like clarify and unpack because I frequently throughout the week hear people slinging these words around without ever, ever really having sat down and broken down what they mean. So there's a huge difference and there's a little bit of fluidity between them, but let's kind of try to make them more of like a binary, which we can't really ever do. So red flags are concerns. That's what that is. Something I need to look at more, something I need to get more time with. I need to experience more of this with them. A red flag is not a deal breaker. A red flag is, again, I need to get more information. I need to get more data. I don't really know, but I'm calling out something of concern that I need to track. That's what that is. I need to track that. A deal breaker is something that it is never okay, will never be okay, and I don't need any more information about that. And deal breakers tend to be undealt with drug and alcohol problems, undealt with mental health issues. If your partner's in mental health treatment, that's all we can ask. If your partner's working on their relationship with drugs and alcohol, that's all we can ask is that willingness. But if they're saying, nah, well then it's a nah and you gotta go, that's a deal breaker. Other deal breakers are any form of abuse, physical or verbal, name calling, throwing, hitting, gossiping, threatening, throwing things near you and around you. That's implied violence, that's violence. And also actually striking you or others. Those are deal breakers. It, it ends right then and there, period. We used to have a little more flexibility with the emotional, like, well, you know, emotional abuse, name calling, insults, you know, it's not physical abuse. Oh, no, no, it's just as bad, actually, because we often allow it longer and for more. No, that's a deal breaker. So if that's going on in your relationship, you turn to your partner and you say, that can't happen anymore from me. That can't happen anymore from you. And if either of us do that, the relationship then ends. We're going to take a break, do some DMs, and then we're going to keep talking about this. So stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I'm 27 years old. I've lived in New York my entire life. What a fun city. I spent many, many years there myself, Lower East Side, NYU, yeah. All right, your question says, last month, I decided just to pick up my things and move to Seattle. Wow, that's a shift. Bold move as well. Uh, Also a great city. I love the weather. Uh, I'm out here now, loving it, great, but I'm finding myself very sad that a lot of my friends aren't there for me like I thought they might be. A lot of them were supportive, but have since gone silent. The other ones that didn't understand why I was moving in the first place are non-existent. Is this normal? There's a lot of people asking me if something's normal or not. Remember, that's not the question. Who cares? Be abnormal. In fact, in our culture, a lot of things that we really center and prioritize are things that are not healthy for us. So stepping outside of a lot of cultural social norms is actually a, a sign of health very, very often. Uh, you said, I feel so alone. Makes sense because I'm 3,000 miles away from home, but I also almost feel abandoned. So it's interesting that your question is just, is that normal? <laughs> well, sure. For most people, they would feel very bad uh, if they lost connection with a lot of individuals in their lives that were important to them because of a move. Uh, I don't I don't know what your relationships were built on. I don't know what the expectations were. I don't know how your friends feel. Maybe they feel abandoned by you. You kind of imply that you just kind of packed up and left and disappeared one day. But basically, the only thing I can really share with you is reach out and let them know. Hey, we haven't really spoken much or I haven't heard from you a lot since I've moved. What's going on? Send it. That's the script. And uh, what they say and how long it takes them to say it will tell you everything you need to know. 
that's really the answer for a lot of our worries is you have to go to the person and ask them what's going on. So it really requires some healthy vulnerability, some adult communication skills, and just honesty. Uh, put it all out there. I miss you. I miss hearing from you. You're important to me. Since I've moved, we haven't stayed in contact at all or as close as we had before. Is everything okay? What's going on? That's all you got to say. And then their answer will tell you what it is they need. And everyone might have a similar experience, a different experience, but definitely start trying to find some relationships that are, are more localized. I know that that's not easy, but get yourself out there. Uh, there's even friend options on some of the apps. Go to the places that are important to you. You'll meet like-minded people. And yeah, sometimes we drift away. Sometimes our friendships are baited, are, are rooted or based in ease that we live close, that we see them at you know similar places at similar times. And sometimes a relocation can really turn that on its head and people don't really know how to relate to you. I don't know if people might've thought you left because you wanted to get away from them. That's why it's important to bring the question up. We're not accusing, we're not making any assumptions. We don't know what it means for them. So I appreciate that you might feel abandoned, but they might feel abandoned by you. And that's why it's always important for, for us to not assume that we're the center point and that it's about us. And we have to always, always, always ask ourselves, or what we're talking about, what might it mean for the other person? What might they be thinking? What might be other options other than the one singular narrative that we've dug our heels into and decided that everything's about? Because I can tell you, being on the planet as long as I have and having done clinical work for almost two decades, there's often a thousand other reasons as to why someone's doing what they're doing or what they're feeling. And we make it about us and we think it's our storyline and our storyline alone, and we never do what we call mentalizing or theory of mind, which is they have their own experience, they have their own life. They're probably leading from something that's personal to them or subjective. What might it mean for them that I left? What they might, what might they be thinking about me leaving? How might it impact them directly? Because that's really most likely what they're living from, feeling from, or responding from. So is it normal? It doesn't really matter. It's what's happening in, to you and how you feel, and so reach out and ask them and get some answers. It's always important for us to share our assumptions with the other person so they can do some reality testing for us. And in fact, they might say, this is what's going on. You just left at a time where we got super busy. Thanks for giving us a heads up and reminding us. Happy to hear about what's going on. Thanks for calling me out lovingly, right? So give them an opportunity to explain themselves. Don't decide for other people what the meaning in something is. It's part of you know what our commitment is to our relationship is being willing to kind of ask those clarifying questions. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Love to hear from you. Any questions you got, topics you want covered, something you might want us to circle back to, let us know. And as always, y'all, you know the drill is past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the link, Loveline. Bam, click on it. Binge post, reshare. Stick around though, because we got more to come and uh, later we'll be closing out with some more DMs listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and uh, talking about dating readiness, talking about toxicity, talking about the steps to know if you're ready to date, talking about the difference between red flags and deal breakers. It's a constellation of stuff you have to think about, breaking it all down for you. If you missed the earlier you know, segments, check out wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. Bam, there they all are. You can binge, post, share, we listen. You know, really unpacking some good stuff tonight. So we were just talking about the difference between red flags and deal breakers. Um, I still hear these things being misunderstood and misused. Um, deal breakers, again, are things that are immediate no-goes, whereas red flags are things that are needing a little more, we need to track them, we need to follow up, we need to keep an eye on them, we need to get more information. 
So those are the two basic things that we need to understand the distinctions between. Again, I'm gonna go further with this in a second. But my point with that is there's this other little third piece. And I used to kind of refer to it as more as a red flag, but I honestly think it's not that. I think it falls under green light. If, if something about your partner or someone you're dating is annoying or frustrating, that's not a deal breaker or, or a red flag. That's a green light. That means grow up. That's going to happen. That means what you're really saying is that shouldn't be. And then what you're saying is it should actually be perfect. I shouldn't be ever disappointed, frustrated, or let down. I, 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 everything should be perfect. And we know we shouldn't be. So we have to allow letdowns, annoyances, and frustrations. The person does, you know, our partner's jobs or the people we're dating, their job isn't to never upset us or frustrate us. That, that's not what that's about. That will happen. Allow for that. Don't be afraid when that happens. It's another person entering our life and us entering theirs. There will be disruption. In fact, you don't actually have a real relationship if there is no disruption. Be prepared and allow for disruption. That's a sign that we've actually really attached and let someone in. We might be going to bed differently, waking up at a different time, or our weekends are structured differently. You cannot think that a compatibility means that my life doesn't shift or change in any way and I just drop someone in and it's business as usual. Oh, dear God, no. And that's the same thing with disappointments or frustrations. Yeah, you might not like the way they chew. You might not like the fact that they snore. You might not like the fact that they stay up later. I say this very lovingly. Grow up. That is part of having another full, total human being brought into your life. Their job is not to change who they are so as to never make you have to go up against your dysregulation. If you are frustrated or disappointed by them chewing or how they snore, that's your issue. You have an issue. You need to solve that issue. And the issue is solved by you grounding yourself, calming down, and allowing. Because if we can't accept our partner exactly as they are, then that is not the right partner for you. Not because they're not right for you, but because you're not mature enough to be in partnership. Red flags and deal breakers are separate. We already talked about what that is. A deal breaker is abuse, undealt with mental health or drug and alcohol issue. Bam, that, that's a no-go. Red flags. Well, I saw them lose their temper a little bit. I need to make sure that that's not a larger issue. Um, little things like that we get more information about. But things that are a little annoying or frustrating, that's part of the game. And you need to accept that and accept those things. And you need to struggle with allowing. It's not your partner's job to change things so as to not make you frustrated or disappointed. Because what you're saying is, I can't manage my emotions, so I need you to stop doing certain things. If you don't like how someone's chewing, the problem lies in you because there is no right way to chew. And this is a real example. I actually saw this happening at a dinner table. Um, there is no right or wrong in that. It's just how you'd prefer it to be. But your preferences shouldn't be that important to your partner in that way. What means more in that moment is you learning to allow and accept. And we need more acceptance is what we need. So really, 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 really sit with that. <clears throat> because I think that there's a massive distinction in those things. Frustrations and disappointments are part of a green light. Move forward. Learn how to accept someone because again, the idea can't be, I'm going to hold out way for someone who never disappoints, frustrates, or upsets me. Are you kidding? Good luck. Because if I work with a couple and they never have frustrations or disappointments or conflict, someone is selling themselves out. Someone is not showing up as their total, full, authentic self. Someone is engaging in people pleasing. Someone is afraid. Someone's walking on eggshells and has too much anxiety to really be themselves. That's what I know. That's what I see. So it's a good sign. That's the difference between red flags and deal breakers. Yeah. And again, we go back to dating readiness. 
if, if I'm saying all these things and this is very hard for you to hear, well, then you have some work to do before you're ready to date or to be dated. It's, it goes both ways. It's not just assessing your partner or potential partner. It's also assessing what baggage you think you're about to drag into their life. It's healthy for some people to say, I am too much right now. I am not healthy enough. I'm too complex to be brought into someone's life as a partner. Because that's also the sign of a healthy person in an argument. We're going to stop right now because I don't trust or feel good about how it is I'm starting to talk to you. Like very self-aware, self-reflective is what we're working on. We're, we're really generally pretty good at assessing the others. Not ideal, but we got to get better at assessing ourselves. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. So really really sit down and practice the distinctions and really get good at helping your friends make those distinctions. And they're like, ah, all right, I got to get rid of them. It's a deal breaker. I don't like the way they, you know, what they eat or how they dress. Oh, no, no, no. That's actually not a deal breaker. That's actually not even a red flag. That's called, you got to grow up and learn how to allow people to be themselves. Um, people don't need to be an ideal. We have to get rid of this word of ideal because that usually means I want perfect. All right, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and uh, talk about some other important factors that are really reasons how we get in our own way and keep ourselves stuck or single. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, having a little bit of a hard, hard look at and a courageous and honest assessment of the wider lens that we all apply to the dating world, but also the one we apply ourselves and also the ones our friends apply. Uh, I used to say this all the time. I haven't said it in a long time. I used to say, please stop going to your friends for advice. They do not know better and they're not doing much better. Uh, a lot of the advice that clients come in and share with me that their friends gave them are them speaking from their worst to the client's worst. Speak from your best to your friend's best. Like hold the bar high for each other. I want to hear more people being like, you know what? That's actually not nice. Let's be better than that. Or that's actually a really, really unkind way to handle your disappointment. Don't do that. I want friends to say things like, I know that you're upset that they cheated on you or broke up with you, but you going and, and keying their car or, you know, whatever else gossiping about them, that's still not ever okay because you're held accountable to everything you do. You are never let off the hook for your bad behavior because of what the person did first ever. And I remind everyone, we're always marketing ourselves and our mental health. We should be afraid of people who do really horrible things when they're let down and frustrated or broken up with. That is a sign of their lack of health. Don't date those people. And if you're one of those people, please stop and work on yourself. If you aren't able to be broken up with and to deal with your disappointment appropriately, you're not safe to be in a relationship or dating anyone. Because part of dating and being in relationships means you might be broken up with. That, you cannot be mad at someone for doing that. People are allowed to end relationships at any time, even if they're married. Even if they're married with 15 million kids, at any point, if a relationship is no longer healthy for us or our partner is no longer being healthy, we are allowed to exit, period. And if you aren't ready to accept that, you're not ready to step into a relationship. That's the harsh reality. They often do end. Most of them will. Be prepared for that. We can't be mad at someone for doing that. We can be hurt. We can be sad. We can be disappointed. We can be let down. We can be shocked. We can grieve. But we're not allowed to get mad. We're not allowed to attack. We're not allowed to bully. We're not allowed to harm. You haven't been wronged when someone breaks up with you. They're allowed to do that. And whatever you do in response is always your responsibility. I will edit out the other person and I'm just watching what you're doing and saying and I'm assessing you based on that. Be better. And we need to hold our friends accountable to being better. I have to say that. Now moving forward, remember a lot of the things 
that we think we need to assess for and look for when we're looking for a partner aren't even relevant to what is important. Because what is important if we're looking for a healthy adult relationship? Someone we trust and someone we feel safe with. It has nothing to do with how much money they make, what their weight is, what their height is, what their race is, how they dress, how, how they cut their hair, but that's what a lot of people obsess about because that's all dating apps allow us to really have access to. I can't tell if I can trust you or how safe I'll feel with you based on your profile picture and what you put in your bio. That is not possible, which is why we say to people, meet them as soon as possible. Go find out. Stop talking about the relationship and assessing it on paper, on the phone, and go find out by being in it. We can't itemize and ask questions to try to assess safety and comfort and trust. Go on dates as soon as possible. Get out there. When in doubt, go find out. When in doubt, go out. That's what you need to do. But a lot of people, sp a lot of people spend time just from a distance theoretically discussing it as though that can help you figure things out. No, that's just structural stuff. You have to go be with them. But people that are hung up on height, weight, income, how they dress, you're living in ego. You're not looking for a partner. You're looking for a respirator, something to hold your ego intact and to enhance you. That is not the job of your partner. Their job is to just be themselves. So really ask yourself, what is it I'm assessing? Because the qualities are consistent, reliable, responsive, available, trust, security, safety. Those things are not available for us to find out or explore on an app or even in a conversation. We have to have them experientially. That's why all my clients know that. I say that over and over. You got to go out. You got to put the time and energy in. There is no magical quick theory that, or rubric that we can run them through. There is no three quick steps to make sure you find the right partner. None of that's real or honest. A lot of that is getting us hung up on the wrong, wrong, wrong things. We have to actually be in the experiences. So ask yourself, when I'm out there assessing, what am I, what am I paying too much attention to? Am I really paying attention to the things that matter? Am I even really ready to be here? Am I dating from my best or from my worst and my wounds? Do I need to be in therapy first? Am I paying attention to red flags and deal breakers? Am I allowing frustrations and disappointments? Or do I really think that compatibility means you never upset me, that we never have a hard day? Because that's not true. There's going to be a lot of hard days. Relationships will, in the, in the front end, hopefully be more romanticized. It's a lot of fantasy. It's a lot of projection. But at some point, we move into the second phase of attachment. And then it's a lot more about maintenance. It's about working through. That's when we really find out what we're made of, what kind of relationship we're going to have. We have to get to that stage first. But we have to at least get in to get there. But a lot of times, we keep ourselves out of the process. You keep yourself stuck and single. I hear it. I see it all the time. When I look at people's assessment, like what is it that you were thinking when you decided to not swipe on them or to turn down that date? What is it you were thinking about or focusing on when you accepted that date or when you asked them out and really listen to their framework. And uh, hopefully it's rooted in what's most important, what, what it is we really need from a partner experientially and not just the structural external. You know, it's really awesome to have a hot car that's all about your ego, having the coolest, hottest. But what we really need in a vehicle is, is, is it going to safely and comfortably get me to where I'm trying to go? Again, I'm not saying I want you to date people you're not attracted to that you don't have lust and passion for. Please make sure you do have that. That's the beauty and fun of sexuality, eroticism, and romance. Seek that. But don't only seek that and don't over-rely upon that to the detriment of what you really need. You know, a really nice, hot, sexy car, but if it's always breaking down, it's not reliable, it's not consistent, doesn't feel comfortable, doesn't feel safe, what's the point? 
you know? All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk about a little bit though, the difference between da 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 chemistry and compatibility. That's another zinger. So stick around for that. We'll be right back though. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, welcome back to the show. For those that have missed the earlier segments, you can check them all out by going to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it and all the episodes are there. We're really talking about, um, I guess, all the things you gotta think about when you're dating and sitting here for tonight, going, you know, sitting here tonight going through it all, it's a lot. That's why I'm repetitious because it, it starts to really, we kind of build it in, becomes reactive. We want that, we want it to be the, our new framework. I'm trying to give everyone a new paradigm. We can't uh, find better success by using the same paradigms or ideas or perspectives that have gotten us in the wrong place. You have to change them. So we gotta talk a little bit about the difference between chemistry and compatibility because this is another one that kind of throws people off. So maybe it's a little bit of myth busting tonight or clarification, but chemistry and compatibility, very different. Compatibility is more about personalities. What happens when we come together? What happens when we have conflict? What happens when we're sitting down at a table, when we're trying to solve a problem, making plans, whatever it is. Chemistry is just that energy, passion, lust. Ideally, you find both. Someone that you're drawn to, but then you also like being with. If you have too much chemistry, but not enough compatibility, passion's there, the fire's there, sex is great, but you fight a lot. You never really feel safe. And then the opposite, if you have a lot of compatibility, but no chemistry, you guys do well. It feels like having a good friend. You feel safe, but you miss out on that passion and that fire. Again, ideally you have both. If you had to pick one, I'd prefer you have more compatibility. It's better for the mental health. Couples that have no compatibility, just all fire and passion, they exhaust themselves, they exhaust everyone else. It's high highs and really low lows because they're passionate about the positive. Also very passionate about their frustration and anger as well. So we wanted to spend some time to make sure we can assess both. Um, chemistry for our compatibility for some people sounds very flat and boring, but that's the flaw is that that new relational energy isn't necessarily always going to be there or always with us. And when we get to these lower, safer, more trust-based levels of relationality, we don't want to shame that as though we've lost all the magic. We're holding on to both. And that's why I talk all the time about staying in the stages of courtship, still romanticizing, eroticizing, and flirting with your partner and not letting that you know drift and disappear. That's always important. But we, we often are tired and burn out and we don't keep date night alive. We don't keep flirting. We don't keep the uh, affection there, the sex. You gotta do that. The further we drift from all these things, sometimes the harder it is to get back to them. And I know we have really busy lives. Everything feels like work. Our jobs are work, our health is work, our children are work, our social lives are work, our hobby is work, and now our relationships are work. I know. But that's why you listen to everything we're talking about tonight, and then it won't necessarily feel that way. There will be a little bit of an ease, a little bit more of a seamlessness. But I don't think we do this work. And I think sometimes we uh, maybe bring therapy in too late in the game when things are maybe they've gone too far, we're too hurt, we're too resentful versus maybe stepping into it sooner when things are not bad yet. So as to make sure we don't get there, you know? I think it's great that people step into couples therapy, but sometimes it's too late. Sometimes it's when things are too dire or too far along. Sometimes it's even for the wrong reasons. Um, I can only do couples therapy with people that are a true couple where they're really committed truly 
not one foot in, one foot out, and uh, really wanting a mature adult relationship. I can help people learn how to form more casual ones, although we can a little bit talk about ethics and boundaries and all that, but I guess that's also the final piece. Be really honest with where you are and what you want. There's no valor or integrity or mental health in knowing that someone doesn't understand what's happening in you happily keep misleading them or misrepresenting yourself, that's not good. It's actually quite emotionally and psychologically abusive. So think about that. You know, at the end of the day, it's really just about understanding the impact that we have on them and they have on us and honoring that, making important decisions based on that, hard decisions. Um, but I wanna give everyone that responsibility. I, I, I put that responsibility on everyone. I challenge y'all to think in those ways. A lot of people are too burnt out on the relational world. And again, that's why we have the uh, highest rate of singledom, the highest rate of cheating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of mental health issues because of the way we interact and interface with each other. And we can shut all that down and do better. So let's do that. Uh, but like I said, past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Um, I think repetition is what we need more of. But bigger than that, I advise everyone to just take a few sound bites. And, and, and try to really apply that over the course of their day or their week and say, how can I really make this mine? How can I track this and really internalize this and start applying this? Because I, I wanna live in this way. And that's what we have to do. We have a lot of unlearning to do. We really, really, truly do because we're not, we, we, don't, we don't learn these skills anywhere. And we just kind of get socialized based on the people we've been around, the conversations we've heard, the people we've dated, and we ain't doing so well, you know? The stats definitely show that. So it's all about just kind of holding the bar higher, challenging ourselves to be better, and more importantly, those around us. When we give advice to a friend, make that advice something that's really transformative and enhancing. Keep the bar higher, push it up. You know, speak from your best to their best. Um, DMs, when we come back and take a little break, we're gonna slide into those DMs. So if you have a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions you got? topics you want covered or something you'd love for us to circle back and dig deeper into. We love doing that, so let us know. That's on our Loveline IG page. Producer Alex will get me all that information. And uh, like I said, wearechannelq.com is where you can check out past episodes and other shows on our station as well. Stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been struggling to get back into the dating scene since COVID. Yeah. I feel like before it was easier to talk to people, to find places to go and things to do. But now it's like every date I go on, it's super awkward. But why? Why is it awkward? What's changed? I know that a lot has changed, but what's changed in that dating's different for you just being out with them? I mean... I'm still having very similar relational experiences with the people that I had traditionally had in my life. I'm still talking about the similar things. I guess it's just curious to me. Uh, here, you finished. You said, like, we don't know how to get to know each other or talk in person anymore. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't fully understand what that means. You don't know how to get to know each other, talk in person anymore. Why? I'm confused by that. I'd say a couple things, though. Getting back out there, maybe first you should be getting on FaceTime, meeting the person via FaceTime, even deciding based on how that goes, whether or not you want to actually sit at you know a park or a restaurant or coffee shop with them but i i i don't know how to relate to the difficulty in coming up with things to talk about or how to talk to people have you been that isolated from other individuals that you haven't talked over the phone or facetime or even out in the world even if it's six feet of distance yeah i don't know take it slow be easier on yourself be where you are don't shame yourself but move slow you know and it's okay to put the burden on the other person maybe to really kind of carry initially the conversation um, just make sure, you know, you're going out with people that you have something in common with. I don't know if it's that you're just not really having much in common with people and you've maybe cast too wide of a net with dating. So just be maybe thoughtful about, you know, who you're going out on a date with. Choose dates that have something fun and dynamic connected to them. I think sometimes we maybe just go to coffee or dinner and it's a, it's a hyper focus on just the two of you and a lot of face-to-face -face eye contact. It, it's often a little overwhelming. It's better sometimes to um, choose like an activity, going for a walk, going to see some art, uh, going shopping, um, all sorts of things you can do depending on where you live. And it, it allows us to kind of disconnect, reconnect, disconnect, reconnect, break eye contact, keep eye contact. It inherently gives you a shared experience. So you're both experiencing and seeing the same things. You have something to kind of talk about. So I think that that can of, often be very um, anxiety decreasing, right? Because, um, sitting at a table with them for coffee or dinner, you're just staring at each other. You can't really look around or look away. And it's it's an intensified dynamic, especially if you've been isolating away from people for so long. But hold it looser, make it more lighthearted. Don't stress yourself. Dates are supposed to be fun. We don't have to do them, we choose to do them. So let go a little bit, lighten up, realize it's maybe a little difficult for you, move slow. Um, and you can also sometimes even just bring that up and bring it in. I think there's something great about being transparent and calling things out sometimes. Like, hey, I haven't been on a date in a while and it's you know kind of hard for me sometimes to reconnect because I've been isolating. But um, yeah, it's gonna be about familiarity and experience. So you just gotta kind of put the time in. The more we do anything, 
you know, the more familiar and confident we become with it. So don't, don't necessarily assume it's always going to be like this. And this is just now how dating is going to be for me, because for some people, they really did take COVID off from socialization. They weren't going into work and they weren't seeing their friends or family members. And it was a little bit of a jolt. I, I did. I felt that at some point I was um, alone for a lot of COVID and I was definitely quarantining myself um, and being very thoughtful about where I was going and who I was going around, which is actually what I'm very much still doing. Um, but I, I felt some of that and I just kind of let myself be where I was. I didn't shame myself and say I should be doing the things others are doing or functioning as high as they were. I was just very soft and kind with myself and kind of just owned it with people. You know, um, I didn't jump right back in. <laughs> I'm I'm slowly still getting back out there and doing it at my own pace and doing it a little bit differently. But I would say find some shared experiences to go out and do with them. It just allows a little bit of a natural buffer and decreases, like I said, some of that anxiety. Dates are pressure. Dates are hard. Maybe you've forgotten the natural level of anxiety that dating just brings with it as well. So that's kind of making it feel a little more amplified um, or disorienting. But like I said, familiarity breeds comfort and confidence. So just keep at it. You know, it's a worthy goal and it's a skill set you want to have. So, all right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line IG page. Questions you got, topics you got, things you want us to circle back and drop deeper into, let us know. We are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes. Scroll down, click on love line, and you got them all there. You can binge, post, share, we listen. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you as well. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.